Thank you, and once again, good day to students and teachers of the Word of God. This is lesson number 59 in our theological seminar. On our last broadcast, we've been talking about apostate fundamentalism who have joined the what we call the Alexandrian cult and have confined the inspiration of the Scriptures to the original manuscripts in spite of their obvious uh, false move given to us uh, and exposed to us by the Holy Spirit himself in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 15. Now, we said in the previous broadcast, when the modern fundamental faculty at the Christian school says he believes the Bible is the Word of God, he believes nothing of the kind. He does this to get your income. What he believes is the original manuscripts were inspired, and why he believes this, according to 2 Timothy 3.16, is past finding out, since the context is not a reference to the original manuscripts. He also believes that, although nobody has the Bible, we have what we call reliable translations, that is, translated by his own crowd, and unreliable translated translations translated by somebody else's crowd. Now, the modern apostate, like all apostates, will not profess this. He will profess what he doesn't believe. Now, last broadcast, we pointed out the fact that when a man stands in the Bible and says, waving the Bible, this Bible does not contain the Word of God, it is the Word of God. If you can check him out five minutes after it comes down the pulpit, you'll find he's lying 80% of the time. Now, I'll grant you, there are many preachers left in America who really believe the Bible is the Word of God. But the congregations that have been raised up under the guidance of these godly and good men who believe the Word of God are sent off to Christian schools where they are taught the Bible is not the Word of God. They are taught instead that the original manuscripts were the Word of God, and there is no Bible available except translations. Now, as I said before, you can check out the apostate fundamentalist on this real quickly by simply checking him when he comes down out of the pulpit. Uh, you say, how many of the liars there are? Well, I'd, I'd hate to list them. I have a, here at home the list of the ten leading fundamental universities and Christian schools in America, and I have statements by their faculty members or their presidents to the effect that the Bible does not contain the Word of God, but is the Word of God, and there is one man in the group I've got that told the truth for five minutes. You say, how do you know they're lying? Because I have correspondence from their students and their faculty members that state only the original manuscripts are inspired, which is a contradiction of 2 Timothy 3.15, and that they consider a reliable translation a translation that contains the fundamentals. Since all translations contain the fundamentals, the teaching is absolute, ridiculous, nonsense. Now, the modern apostate fundamentalist has a great deal to say about new evangelicalism and neo-orthodoxy. These are straw dummies to cover up the infidelity and apostasy of the fundamentalist who has quit believing the Bible's word of God. When he got saved, he believed it, but he went off to school he was taught differently. And now his authority is Christian education instead of the Bible. The modern apostate fundamentalist is a cultist. We call this cult the Alexandrian cult. It stretches from the first school in North Africa, founded by Pantanus Clement and Origen, right up to the modern faculties of every Christian seminary in the United States and most of the graduate schools. The Alexandrian cult is a cult of professional liars who will lie pathologically and continually, publicly, about the Bible. They will stand in pulpits or chapel auditoriums and wave the King James Bible in the air and say, this Bible is the Word of God, it does not contain the Word of God, it is the infallible, God-breathed, inerrant Word of God, and the dirty, lying, two-faced hypocrite doesn't believe it for five minutes. 
If you don't believe that, check him out. I've checked them out. You say, how many of them? I'd say conservatively, 65. That's conservative. Kind of the ones I've read after and studied, probably 165. The modern apostate fundamentalist doesn't believe the Bible is the Word of God at all. He believes the original manuscripts that were lost were the Word of God, and since then, you got to count on Christian scholarship to give you the truth. Now, some people have various theories about the Bible. We claim that every word is inspired. Some going as far to say that even the punctuation marks were inspired by the Lord, which we don't necessarily believe. And we do believe, however, that every word in the King James Bible was preserved without proven error. Now, we believe all Scripture is given the inspiration of God from 2 Timothy 3.16, and we believe that 2 Timothy 3.16 is a reference to the Scripture, not the original manuscripts. When a man says 2 Timothy 3.16 applies the original manuscripts, he is cutting up the context of 2 Timothy 3 as neatly as a candlelight ever cut up 1 Peter 3.21 or a charismatic ever cut up Acts 2.38. These Bible-perverting people who keep taking verse out of context to prove lies should not be heeded or regarded or listened to by the Bible-believing student of the Word of God. The word Scripture in 2 Timothy 3.16 is a reference to the Scriptures which Timothy knew, 2 Timothy 3.15. The term Scripture in 2 Timothy 3.16 is a reference to the Scripture that Philip opened to the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. And there isn't an apostate fundamentalist of the Alexandrian cult, or a liberal in the scholars' union, or a neo-orthodox Roman Catholic Jewish rabbi, there isn't a priest, elder, bishop, pope, deacon on the face of this earth, living or dead, who believe the Ethiopian eunuch had the original copy of Isaiah in the chariot but he had a copy of the Scripture, and all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, this is perfectly apparent to anybody who can read third-grade English. And this is why we say justifiably that every recognized scholar in America who wrote a book on inspiration, regardless of his orthodoxy, was not a rational reader of third-grade English. The term Scripture in Acts 8 and 2 Timothy 3, and any other place in the New Testament, is never a reference to original manuscripts. And that is apparent to the most shallow reader, the most uneducated mind, who ever picked up a dime store Bible. And the only reason for confining it to original manuscripts is the modern apostate fundamentalist wants to set up Christian education as the supreme authority instead of the Bible itself. The Bible claims inspiration. 2 Peter 1.21 said, Holy men spake as were moved by the Holy Ghost, holy men of God. It doesn't say they wrote. It said they spoke. In 1 Corinthians 2.13, we read which things also we speak, not in the words which man wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. In 2 Peter 3.2, we read that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the Holy Prophets and the commandments of us, the apostles. Jude says in verse 17, Beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before. This clearly indicates that inspiration or God-breathing had to do with somebody breathing out of their mouth speaking words and then somebody writing down the words that were spoken. You see what I mean? Now, if this is true, 
it means that although we could not uh, claim direct inspiration in the original biblical sense for the King James text, we could claim that the King James text presents an infallible text preserved without proven error in the language in which God intends us to have it. And this is what we say. And we've never been proven wrong one time in 28 years. I've gotten up before the brethren, some of the leading brains of our day, and some of the smaller and lesser brains, and uh, I've told them, if any of you fellows can find mistakes in that Bible, some of you fellows think you're smart enough to find them, would you please see me after the service? I'm in room 22 at the Ramada Inn. Come over and talk to me. You think they came over? No, they went back to their schools and had Roast Ruckman in the classroom and talked about Brother Ruckman's uncouth language and his impoliteness and his vicious attitude and his bad attitude and his lack of spirituality. <laughs> Why, the dirty, two-faced, lying, cowardly four-flushers, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. When you have the mad chance to meet a man in the open, why not meet him in the open? Why wait till you're gone and then attack you behind closed doors, hmm? Now, when you find this kind of thing going on in Christian circles, you know what you're dealing with? You're dealing with a man who is publicly professing something he doesn't believe, and he can't face the issue when it comes up. Now, you know what these cowards will say when they put on the spot? They'll say this. They'll say, I don't see any cause in causing trouble or any sense in dividing the church of Christ or the body of Christ over an issue like that. Why, the issue is lying. Do you believe that pathological, chronological lying should be allowed constantly by men who lead the body of Christ? You call out a side issue? You've got a funny sense of biblical Christianity, don't you? These fellows all pop up and say, I don't believe in splitting the body of Christ over that issue. The body of Christ has been split by these men lying. They've gotten up the pulpit for 50 years and said this Bible is the Word of God when they didn't believe it, and they presented you with three translations, a new ASV, an old ASV, and an international version, and have told you that these are the Word of God, and this is the Word of God, you're to preach the Word of God. And giving you three translations that differ from the King James Bible in 36,000 places. And then said, don't bring up the issue. I've got a, I've got some funny bunnies here at home. I've got an ad by on the back of a magazine called Faith Magazine, advertising the largest Christian school in America, and that thing says we stand for the absolute authority of the Bible. And inside the present institution has another tour which I have photographed that said the issue today is the Word of God. They don't have one faculty member in the graduate school of that institution who believes you can even get a copy of the Word of God. And when those fellows say word, they capitalize the W, so it's no reference to the written words of the spoken words. They are neo-Orthodox. That's what Barth and Bruner and Niebuhr and Tillich taught. They taught the capital W, Word of God, was a message contained in the Bible. So you're living in the great day of the Laodicean church where the apostasy is in the body of Christ. You say, what's the alibi these men give for sinning? Very simply, they say other godly men sin too, so we can sin. Of course, they don't say sin. They pretend when other good and godly men corrected the Word of God that this was an expression of their godliness. 
Why, that's an expression of their ungodliness. When you say that, then these reprobates say, why, these men weren't ungodly, they were godly. To which may be replied, every godly man has an old nature. Every good man has an old nature, Romans 6 and Romans 7, and there isn't a good godly man that faced this earth like David, who wasn't prone to adultery and murder. Like David. And don't you forget that. And don't you forget that for a minute. You hear these fellows saying, well, so-and-so corrected, and he was a good and godly man. Yeah, we all have our sins, don't we? Amen? I, can Im I can't imagine a more, a more cowardly or carnal or godless thing for a Bible teacher to do than to alibi his sin on the basis of the sins of other men. And I tell you, brother, if I ever get the place where I'm alibying my sins on the basis of the fact that some fellow who has godly sinned too, you can count me to shut this Bible and I've opened my mouth again. Why, these leaders of modern fundamentalism talk like unsaved drunks talk. They say, well, so-and-so does it, and so-and-so did it, and he was a good godly man, so it's all right. Listen, stupid, Moses was a man of God, and he murdered a man and hid him in the sand. Go thou and do likewise. David was a man of God after God's own heart and committed adultery and murder. You think that's the pattern to follow? Paul was the godliest man in the New Testament who got out of the will of God and lost two years of his ministry in a Roman jail because he wouldn't do what God told him to do. Is that the alibi you're looking for? Now, that's the condition of America today. Don't tell me, I'll tell you. I've traveled down this country all year round. I've been up in those plains up in the air longer than a seagull with sore feet. And I've been to so many towns in this country in the last 30 years. When I write home to my wife, I say, having a wonderful time, where am I? I know what's going on in this country religiously. I may not know what's going on in this country economically. I may not be able to fix a gasoline motor, and when it comes to mechanics and physics, I may be the dumbest critter that ever put foot in the ground. But if you want to know what's going on in modern apostate fundamentalism, I know what's going on. And what's going on in this country is Christian educators are using the lives of godly men as an example to justify their own sins, picking out the places in these men's lives where their ungodly old nature showed through. That's what's going on. Somebody said, R.A. Torrey used an RV once in a while. Well, so bloody Mary, what does that prove? The text of Bloody Mary's Roman Catholic Bible is the text of the Revised Version of 1881. Somebody said, Macon and Warfield stood up for the Alexandrian text. Well, so did Origen. He believed in soul sleep and transmigration of souls and universal salvation and baptismal regeneration. What are you trying to prove? Eggnog? Now, that's the condition we've got into. As we've said before, and we'll say many times in the future, the modern apostasy in America is an apostasy within the body of Christ, and it is being carried on, promoted by the Christian educators at every leading fundamental Christian school in America, and it is carried on by professing to believe something they do not believe. Now, if you don't believe me, write to these men. I've got the letters piled up here a half foot high on my desk. These men don't believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. They believe it contains some truth which can be corrected 30,000 times in the new ASV. 
why these men don't believe the authorized version of the Word of God. They think it's an outdated, antique, antiquated version that needs to be corrected by the West Scott North Greek text of North Africa. You say, Ruckman, what are you saying? I'm telling the truth. Would you like to try me out in court? Come on, take me to court and try me for size, son. Take me to court and try to prove me these men aren't promoting a North African Alexandrian text that contained the Apocrypha, and they've altered the King James text 30,000 places by manuscripts that contain the Apocrypha in the Old Testament and the New Testament and were rejected by the body of Christ 1,500 years before your grandmother was born. Why don't you try to prove it? It can be proved. Now, that's why these men always attack the Word of God in the classroom, with the doors shut. They get the brand-new Christian who's just been saved and brainwash the kid into thinking that they're smart enough to alter the book by which he found Jesus Christ. And that goes on in every Christian university and college in America. He said, what about your college? We don't have a college here. We have a Bible institute. And in our Bible institute, we teach a young man that the King James Bible is the Word of God from cover to cover, and that according to the American laws of jurisprudence, it is innocent till proved guilty. So we take up the 400 problem texts in the King James Bible that are taught in the Christian colleges and institutes and seminaries and universities, and show the student how every man who professed to have found the error in the King James Bible is a pathological liar. That's our ministry. Our ministry is exposing a lie and comparing it with the truth and proving all things and holding fast to the form of sound words and abstaining from that which is evil and holding that which is good. That's our ministry. The ministry of every man called to preach the truth is to find out what the truth is and preach it. And when you find out what the truth is, you'll know the liar as soon as you see him. And when a man gets up there and tells you the new ASV and the ASV and the National Version are more accurate translations of the Bible because they come from the older, older manuscripts, he's telling you one of the biggest fibs that was ever pulled upon the face of this earth. The manuscripts therefrom are not even Bible manuscripts. The manuscripts therefrom contain spurious books in the Old and New Testament according to the belief of every Orthodox branch of Christianity from the Council of Nicaea to 1977. If you don't believe it, call my hand. I've got all 52 cards down the table, face up. Our address is Box 6021, Pensacola, Florida. The telephone number is 476-7934. The area code is 904 and the zip code is 32503. You know what my name is? My name is Peter Sturgis Ruckman. If you think I'm lying, call my hand. I've got it called the bigger man than you. Now, here's what we should remember regarding inspiration. We should remember that inspiration of the Bible extends to all Scripture. All Scripture is inspired of God. We accept the Scriptures of the infallible Word of God, the canon of 66 books, as complete, we do not recognize the Apocrypha of Vaticanus or the Apocrypha of Sinaiticus as inspired. Therefore, we reject the two oldest manuscripts, Vaticanus and Sinaiticus, as satanic counterfeits. 
The original scriptures will be the standard of judgment in the last day, John 12, chapter 48, for Greek-speaking people and Hebrew-speaking people, and your standard of judgment will be the English receptus of the English-speaking people. You should read the Bible daily and obey its message in your daily life, and if you don't have a copy of the Scripture, the Lord has given you nothing to read and nothing to follow. The Bible tells the young minister to preach the Word of God. And if all you have is a reliable translation, you don't have the Word of God. The Bible says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a work that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. And if you don't have the Word of truth, you have nothing to rightly divide. The Bible said, Search the Scriptures, and the term Scripture is never a reference to the original manuscripts. When the Lord told you to search the Scriptures, He meant to search the Scriptures. And the only question you have to answer today is, do you have a copy of the Scriptures? All Scripture is given the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And all I've got to say to you apostate fundamentalists who blew your money down a rat hole and were taught not to believe the Bible is the Word of God while professing to believe it is this. If you don't have a copy of the inspired Scriptures in your language, you cannot be perfect, you cannot be thoroughly furnished, you cannot be reproved or corrected or instructed or preached what God told you to preach, because God never told any fool on this earth to preach the original manuscripts. And God never told a fool on this earth to search the original manuscripts. And God told, never told any irrational, bungling idiot on this earth to rightly divide the original manuscripts. Did he? Did he or did he not? Now, here's what we teach and believe. We teach and believe that the King James Bible is the authorized text authorized by the third person of the Godhead. And that is why the term authorized does not occur anywhere in the original edition of the King James Bible. I have in my house a copy worth about $1,200 of a King James Bible with the original binding, paper, and print, photostatic copies of every page, including the smudges on the page. The term authorized occurs nowhere in either testament. The term authorized version is a title conferred upon the book by the Holy Ghost. It is translated under James because James is the first monarch to have a Jewish name. And I'm sure all you Greek teachers are very careful to tell your students the word James is a reference to the high and mighty Prince Jacob. I guess you told them that, didn't you? I just bet you did. That isn't all. We believe the King James Bible, being the right translation for the English-speaking people from the Texas Receptus, is innocent to prove guilty. When you go to a Christian school or Christian college or Christian university, you will find from the first day you enter the first classroom to the day you graduate that the King James Bible has been assumed to be guilty, and you've got to prove it innocent. That is, Christian education approaches the King James Bible with the inquisitorial methods of the Jesuits in Spain during the Spanish Inquisition. You say, how do you prove this? I've got the letters right here in my file. Here, for example, is a letter from one of the leading, matter of fact, the leading exegete at Dallas Theological Seminary. I have another letter here from the leading head of Bible department at Bob Jones University. 
I have my files ahead of the Bible of Pardons of Tennessee Temple, Biola, Pillsbury, Piedmont, San Francisco, Arlington, Springfield, and some others. And every one of these gentlemen, without fail, tells the person who wrote in the letter that the King James text is not infallible, that it has errors in it. You say, how many did he list? He didn't list any. They are taught behind closed doors in the classroom, so my next pile of letters comes from students at those colleges who've been taught the so-called contradictions, and of the 15 that I have had sent to me in the last 10 years, there isn't a one of them that couldn't be explained by a high school graduate without a biblical education. Now, what have we to say about these matters? We have to say that the Bible is the infallible authority of God Almighty. We have to say the King James Bible has been preserved in the language of English-speaking people without proven error. And you folks who think you found errors in it, you know, like Ahaziah and Jehoiakim and the chariot horses and the horses. Yes, we know all about it, kiddies, you know. And the number of people killed at Beth Shemesh looking to the ark and the he and she and Ruth. Yes, sonny boy, we know everything you know and a lot you don't know and the so-called contradictions about the reign of the kings, you know, and the number of years of reign, you know, and the ages of the kings. Yes, honey, we've been through it. And the name, the genealogies in First and Second Chronicles, not for Samuel Genesis. Yes, children, we know all about it. We've been to Campfire Girls School and the Brownies, you know. We know all about what the Girl Scouts are doing these days. You people who think you found errors in it, you have been deceived by the devil. And the God of history is the one who inspired that book and preserved it, and the God of history knew the universal language in the last day would not be Greek. It would be English. And for this reason, he preserved the book in a language the whole world could understand, and preserved the book in a language with chapter and verse numbers so you could spot an apostate corruption when it showed up. The surest way to uh, spot the counterfeit is by the real. And the real, fortunately for us, has chapter and verse markings in it, so we can spot the corruption by simply turning to the chapter and verse number. Marvelous coinky-dinky, eh what? So our position is this. The King James Bible may not claim for itself the original inspiration of God breathing through the man who spoke when they were copied down by a writer at the time they spoke. However, it can claim to be preserved without proven error in the universal language of the world. Or if you want to go to the moon, you might say the solar system, because the Bible quoted in the moon was not the new ASV. It was the King James 1611 authorized version. Now we'll talk more about this great book, this crowning wonder of the world, this monarch of the books, the Bible, in our next four lessons. Our next four lessons have to do with the great power and authority of the Word of God and the internal evidence and proof that the King James Bible is superior to any 35 translations on the market today. Our next few lessons will talk about the superiority of the King James Bible to the original manuscripts by virtue of the fact that it has sentence and verse and paragraph divisions, by virtue of the fact that it's in a language the world can understand and not isolated to the Greek-speaking world of generations back and by virtue of the fact that it has within it an inherent number and verse system that shows the imprint of a supernatural hand according to the laws of mathematical statistical probability. We trust you'll study with us now the next six lessons, or less, next four lessons at least, 
on the power and authority of the infallible Elizabethan archaic English, which is superior to any 35 translation in the market today, and along which side the new translations look like a pogo straw shack at the foot of Mount Everest. Until then, may the Lord bless you, and good day.